0: Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, where we share knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insight to help you on your journey in both sport and life. Introducing your host, Rob Riles. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast. Welcome along. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program. Now, today's podcast episode is chapter 7 or a summary of chapter 7 and the thoughts of leader, manager, coach and myself on chapter 7 regarding the fantastic book, The First 100 Days Lessons in Leadership from the Football Bosses by Phil Denton and Mickey Mellon. And as I said, or I've said before, if you are catching up with this episode and it's the first one you've heard, I strongly recommend you go back and listen to the the previous six episode so that you're up to speed. Obviously, this can be taken as a standalone and there's some great leadership principles in here, but uh, it's part of a series. So here we go, chapter seven, day 36 to 50, avoiding dugout disasters. Now, the analogy that Phil and Mickey give is that the football stadium is like a courtroom and you are the central figure standing in the dock and you are being judged by all and sundry and the analogy that they give is that the team out there are all your supporting evidence for your case. If they're playing well, they're giving 100% and they're getting results. All the evidence is in your favour and things are looking really really positive for you for a great outcome your defence team is your backroom staff so your lawyers and uh, the people who support you and make sure everything's in order so that your case can be presented as well as possible so that is a little bit of an analogy and it's a great one as well now what they say and the way they put it is you're not out there making all the decisions completely on your own. You are part of a team. You may be the leader, the ultimate decision maker, but you are part of a team and that is the key thing. And the analogy that they give in the book is another great one, is that you are like the conductor of an orchestra. So you are there and you are responsible for bringing in all those highly skilled working parts to make sure they come together at the right energy, at the right time, at the right pitch. They work together, there's harmony. And ultimately, as an orchestra, it sounds amazing with all those individual parts working together as a collective. And it is the conductor who is responsible for bringing it all together. Now that conductor doesn't keep looking round and checking on the audience and seeing what their feedback is. He spends all of his energy and all of his or her focus on the players in the team and the backroom staff and the people who are going to create the outcome. And that is what you also have to do if you sit there reading social media, taking notice of the crowd, and reading all the back pages of the newspaper and listening to all the all and sundry and the opinions of everyone else, the committee of they, you are going to struggle. You have to have a real strong commitment, know what your own values are, know what your consistent behaviors are, what you expect, and to have your mind on your zone of operation and the key people that will create the results. In your organisation. You have to be responsible for setting these fundamental behaviours though. It comes down to you. You set the tone. You know, people know what they can get away with with certain people. They know what to expect with certain people and you have to embrace and recognise that and you are responsible for that and you will live or die essentially by that. You know, you're looking to create, as if we go back to the chapter before, this culture where people are free of fear. They're happy to speak up. They're confident. There's a trust. They're willing to be vulnerable and open up. And they understand that it is all about the organisation and the team before the individual. And the opposite of that comes into play when things are full of fear, when it's fear-driven. People look after themselves first. People will cover things up and will be unwilling to be vulnerable. They will not trust and they will look after themselves first. Which leads us on to the pyramid of dysfunction. So a dysfunctional organisation is documented well in this chapter. And it begins with a basis of no trust. So people do not trust. They don't trust you. They don't trust the club. They don't trust the manager. They don't trust each other. Whatever it is, they do not trust. Because they don't trust, they have a fear of conflict. Because they think if there's conflict, they don't know what the outcome will be. It's like not being able to go and have a conversation with somebody because you think there'll be a disastrous outcome because of that. That cannot happen because things will have to be addressed and communicated. They will not be committed. There will not be a commitment to the cause because everything in everybody is taken up with looking after themselves because they are not secure. When people are secure, when people know that they will be looked after, that people care about them, they will trust they will be open, they will be honest, and they will be prepared to commit. But they won't if those things are not in place. They will not be accountable for their actions, and they will have an inattention to results, and they will probably not actually care about outcomes as they should if they were fully invested in the process, fully invested in you, the team. And the organisation. And we have to get that trust right. In order to. Get everything flowing in the right direction. So the pyramid of dysfunction. As. Mickey and Phil have said. It's all about team. And. You. Are. As the leader. Responsible for that team. Now. Now. It's not all about you, it's not all about a dictatorship, or as Jack Charlton says, being a dictator but being a nice one. What he's actually saying is, it's about team. And if you want a peaceful life, if you want any degree of long-standing success where you are not burnt to a frazzle, you will need to develop leaders. Otherwise you will just be burnt out, it'll all be about you, and it will not succeed. There's a may- an amazing book that I've talked about before by a gentleman called Sam Walker called Captain Class and it's all about how the world's most successful teams in a variety of sporting organisations have all had this one amazing leader at their centre. And the, the um, real interesting thing about this is it's not Always the people that you think it is. But these leaders have to be there. They are the constant. And without them, there is no success. You are looking to develop leaders. They cite example after example after example, whether it's Mickey Mellon or Gareth Southgate or whoever. But you are looking for these leaders. People with raw ability. People that you can develop. People that you can empower, who will do your job for you, and will become you out on the pitch. Like, for example, just to pick an example, they say that Roy Keane was Sir Alex once they crossed over the white line. Now, to underline this, one of the most beautiful quotes that um, I've ever come across about leadership, and I really love, is actually quoted in the book, and... It's cited as being from the famous ancient Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu who said something along the lines of Go to the people, live with them, start with what they know, build with what they have. So with the best leaders, when the work is done, the task accomplished, the people will say we have done this ourselves. It's not about you. Moving on from that, when we talk about empowering others, when we talk about developing leaders, Mickey and Phil talk about eloquently in this chapter and in detail with a six-step process that you need to go into and you need to get into, and it's creating that process of learning that's part of the culture where people learn and get better and it's talked about in terms of a a process called metacognition now metacognition means thinking about thinking understanding thinking understanding learning and understanding development processes and if you Take the time to understand how you learn, how others learn, how teams learn. We can get better at the process, but we need to know how we do it. And there's examples in the book about how Mickey does it with his teams and how Sam Allardyce has done it. And it's developing these metacognition processes. For example, holding team meetings where you do an analysis session And instead of you giving the answers to what you want, it's tasking and asking the players or the staff or whoever's involved to come up with the answers themselves. You are developing leaders. You're developing them to challenge them, to empower them, so that they come up with a solution themselves. They get buy-in. They are invested in the process. They're not just passively accepting what you say. They are doing it themselves, as Lao Tzu suggests. Get them to do it themselves. You be the example. Because, you know, you need to learn yourself. You need, whether you're listening to podcasts, whether you're reading books, whether you're reading articles, whether you're studying journals, whether you're going and speaking to people, going on courses. And then you learn, then you analyse, and you implement these plan-do-review processes. And things like that, a plan, do review it, do something and review it. A, a think about it, improve it slightly, the Kaizen process, implement it and review it. That process can become, as Mickey and Phil say, a, an absolute fundamental in your process. Where well, you have to get that into your learning and it's not going to happen overnight. It's probably going to be months and months and months of doing things to get this into place. Metacognition, creating individual learning plans so that players and staff become responsible for deciding what it is they need to learn, deciding how to learn and evaluating their own progress and putting in the next steps. Learning how to learn, understanding how we think and learn. And that is the summary of this particular chapter, chapter 7. Avoiding dugout disasters. So what are the key? The key summaries from that, the key aspects from that. Remember, you're a conductor. You are part of a team. It's not just about you. Remember, you're in the business of developing leaders. And understand it's all about how we improve the process of learning and getting better using meta cognition. Chapter 7. Avoiding dugout disasters. Fill your boots. Catch you later. Bye bye.